Welcome, everyone. This is Quiet on the Set. Thank you to all the listeners who have tuned in for the very first episode. If you're wondering what this show is about, well, you guessed it, movies. But not just critiquing movies, seeing how they match up with what's going on in the world today, and to follow up, upcoming movies set to drop in theaters. Welcome, everybody, to the Quiet on the Set podcast. I'm your host, Wardell, along with my co-host, Frank Short. And uh, let's just go ahead and get straight into it, man. How are you doing today? Man, I'm good, man. I'm good living that quarantine life. Just like uh, everybody else in the world. Mm-hmm. March, man. Uh, we hit it in March, and this global pandemic hits the world, a.k.a. the corona, a.k.a. global house arrest. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> aka the march madness that you don't want (laughs) the the march madness that you don't want this is something that nobody expected i was watching um the news the other day or today actually and it said that 16.8 million jobs have been lost yeah just within the last few days and i guess that's um 11 of unemployment right now bro that's super high they were talking about how people are waiting in long lines at food banks, like hours in line just to get, you know, some type of box of food for their family uh, to support everything in their household. Yeah. Yeah, it's, it's truly awful. I mean, my, uh, uh, you know this, but my wife is a owns a dog walking business. Uh, she's effectively out of work. She has one to two clients left out of the 30 that she did. I mean, luckily we're okay because I have, I work at Johns Hopkins, which is a hospital. So we don't, we don't close. And I work from home, so I, I, I'm allowed to just keep working throughout this entire scenario. So we'll be okay. But there's so many people that, like, just to imagine, like a, a married, uh, married couple of uh, waiters, like a waiter and a waitress. Oh my goodness! Like it's that's everything has been taken away from you. I mean, there's like a couple of chefs that they'll they'll still maintain like restaurants. Most small businesses have been forced to close, um, if not all, unless you're providing some kind of essential service. Um, there's a lot of people sweating and scared right now, and it's, they have a good reason to be. Yeah, man. I think a uh, good thing right now as far as for definitely restaurant businesses is that you can still do carry out. But even then, like if you're like a homegrown like mom and pop shop and you don't offer like, you know, everything that maybe a uh, what's a good restaurant, man? Give me one. Why am I drawing a blank? I don't I don't like yeah. the corporate restaurants, but I know Cheesecake Factory is struggling and I don't know how. OK. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, like, or even uh, P.F. Chang's, let's just use P.F. Chang's as, a, as an example, right? They could possibly do carry out, right. you know what I'm saying? But like your local mom pops, they may not offer that. You know I mean? They, only, they may only offer like one specific thing and they may not be able to get that due to like supply and demand, you know? Yeah, sure. Um, that's the wild and crazy time that we live in right now. Yeah, What's, like, um, good. No, no, go ahead. I'm listening. Oh, no. the uh, So I was thinking about the Cheesecake Factory, actually, just because it's kind of funny. The like these small businesses are like staying, trying their best to stay afloat, like you said, doing carry out as much as they can. Cheesecake Factory the other day, I was watching this on the news, announced that they were not going to be paying their rent for any of their locations. And I find that really funny because they're one, they're a huge corporation. Two, they sell seven dollar cheesecakes and they've been slinging diabetes like Coke dealers for the past 30 years. <laughs> like you're telling me you didn't have any like just like stowaway money like some money to to put aside for a rainy day you're telling me you were closed for two weeks and all of a sudden nope we're bankrupt bro we can't pay the lease <laughs> bro that 
that speaks heavily, man. That that goes to show you that, like, you know, what were these folks doing with their money all these years? If you can't, you know what I'm saying, support paying the rent for the next, you know, month or two. And you're a big corporation. It's not like you're, you know, a, a homeowner and maybe you're living paycheck to paycheck, right? It, it doesn't, that doesn't add up because these homeowners ain't selling $7 cheesecakes, you know, right. slinging diabetes to everybody. <laughs> so- Right now, man, I I feel for everybody, you know, anybody, whether you, it doesn't matter whether you rent or you own, you know, if you didn't prepare well, you know, for this, because who could prepare for this, right? It, yeah, who, that's the that's the biggest thing is who saw this coming at all. Like, we haven't seen an, a pandemic like this since the Spanish flu. And that CDC was before all of our life. Yes, unfortunately, the CDC did see it coming a couple of months before the rest of us knew. But yeah, that's the sad part. There was somebody that did see it coming. Unfortunately, they didn't have the resources or quite possibly the permission to even put anything out at the time that they seen it. So sure, and that's uh, a, and that's a big debate too because I, I think it's a a lot a lot of people are very upset with the CDC and officials and the Trump administration and many other people. But I think there's a there's a nuanced conversation to have there because it's not it may not necessarily be a good idea to be like, hey, in two or three months we're going to be in global lockdown. Because everybody would panic, people would be running out to stores, people would be acting a fool, and just going out, buying out crazy shit. I mean, like, we saw what happened when, like, all the toilet paper and the cleaning supplies and my beloved butt wipes were gone. <laughs> you use those two baby wipes? Oh, hell yeah. Come on, I'm not a savage. I'm not going to, like, mash toilet paper up my ass and be like, oh, it's clean now. <laughs> I, I'm glad I'm not the only one. Baby wipes are the truth. This is a wild time, man. I came across a book that I read a long time ago in school. And H.G. Uh, Wells, The Time Machine. Mm. You remember that? Sure. Yeah. Classic. Man, I was thinking to myself, like, think, all right, imagine this, Frank. Imagine this. What if 10 years ago, somebody approached you on the streets and they're like, hey, I'm from the future. And let me tell you right now, everything has gone to shit and you need to prepare yourself right now. Trump is the president. Yes. The owner of Trump Towers and the man who says you're fired. Yeah. The celebrity is, apprentice guy is the president of the United States. Is the president of the United States. Also, he starts Twitter beefs with every country that we possibly have as an ally or even as an enemy to start World War Three. Tells you that, you know, Kobe Bryant has passed away. Uh, some guy in China eats a raw bat and starts a pandemic. And the new currency is toilet paper. Oh, and by the way, also in Oklahoma, having a zoo and selling tigers is the new drug trade. And, it, <laughs> and it's ran by a gunslinging, mullet-wearing homosexual named Joe Exotic. Who's married to two straight men and hates a woman by the name of that bitch Carol Baskin. <laughs> Bro, what would you do to that, man? What would you say? Well, I would assume I was in Idiocracy, the, uh, the movie Idiocracy, where... Uh, where was it? Who was that? It was Terry Crews. Terry Crews is a uh, president Comancho, who was a pro wrestler who also actually, you could actually draw comparisons between Trump and him because the, uh, he was also a, not a pro wrestler, but he did have a friendship with Vince McMahon and it showed up in a few WWE events back in the day. Oh, wow. Okay. But yeah, like, it, yeah. It, like it's ridiculous. It's absolutely ridiculous. Did you see, see well, everybody who hasn't seen Tiger King, what are you doing with your life? It's not like you have anything else to do. Might as well just sit down and watch seven episodes of Tiger King in one day like me and my wife did. But did you see, there was that one episode where that guy who was like, that Scarface was based off of, I can't remember the guy's name for the life of me. Uh, it'll come to me, but uh, he was actually, he was also in that show. 
Oh yeah, he was the drug dealer, and then he went away to prison, and then came back out and started a zoo, and now he just fucking loves kittens. Yeah, yeah, it's just like, well, you know, I used to chop people up with chainsaws and sling cocaine. Now I really like tigers and monkeys and shit. <laughs> hey, oh, you cool cats and kittens. Ah, God, every time she said that, I fucking cringe. Yeah, bro. She's, uh, I don't know. She's something else, man. You know, we heard a rumor that a staffer was referring to the coronavirus as the Kung Flu, which, by the way, is very funny. I think that's fucking hilarious. The Kung Flu? The Kung Flu. <laughs> oh, wow. And I what, thought that was funny. And I, they were trying to imply that it was racist. I honestly, I would take from that that like Kung Fu is awesome and like old Kung Fu movies, like, and it's like a badass flu, like the Kung Flu. But either way, and then President Trump, you know, say what you will about him. He was just like, why are you asking me this right now? Like, does this matter? Yeah. Does this matter to yeah. you? I mean, it matters to some people. When this whole pandemic hit, right? And they were, you know, obviously it's called the coronavirus. You heard that. You know, people was like, oh, it comes from Mexico or uh, actually even Corona reached out to the government or, or the CDC or whoever and asked them to change the name. Yeah. Will you please call this something that's not our popular brand of shitty beer? <laughs> yeah, pretty much. Yeah, man. So I think uh, a lot more people are taking this um, pandemic seriously because before it was like it was kind of like divided. Half the world was like, yeah, I'm going to wear a mask, but no gloves. The other half was like, I'm going to wear a glove, no mask. And then the other half was like, I don't give a shit. Yep. <laughs> I ain't wearing nothing. I'm just using this time and some vacation time to get my life together. But now everybody's out. Most people are wearing masks um, and gloves. You know, I'm wondering why they didn't um, why they didn't make it a mandatory ruling for people to wear masks because yesterday was my first day going out because i went to the grocery store i haven't been out much i went to the grocery store um yesterday and that was my first day like wearing a mask like i hadn't actually done that so i go out there dressed like scorpion for mortal Kombat, and like that's a good it's one me, I like it. yeah it's me and like i don't know i'd say about half the store is wearing masks and gloves like i wasn't wearing gloves i'll be honest because i'm i'm not intending to touch my face and i'm i'm sanitizing i also don't have any rubber gloves here and i don't feel like buying them but like i just you know tied myself up like a t-shirt ninja because i don't have any like hospital masks here and right like i go in there and nobody I won't say nobody, like half of people are wearing masks. And the thing with masks is and that this is something the CDC is impressing on people. It's not going to protect you from getting sick if somebody else is not wearing a mask. It might provide some level of protection, but mostly it's to try to keep all the particulates, particulates from when you cough or sneeze from getting out. Right, right, right. And I think that's the maybe the misconception that everybody is seeing when, when it comes to wearing masks, but they don't quite understand. So... But hey, for all those out there who are just out and about doing their thing, uh, make sure you wear a mask and uh, wear some gloves if you can. Uh, and Frank, oh, by the way, man, if you do need a mask, um, my dad is the plug. I will I will holler at you. I don't know where the hell he gets his mask at, but he's been preparing for this shit for years. <laughs> he's doomsday prepping. <laughs> Yo, he, he met that time traveler, so he's been preparing <laughs> for this shit for years. But yeah. So the other day, I was thinking, when I was on deployment, I was... Getting into the show uh, called Deadwood. Oh wow, um, classic! Yeah, it was. It was uh, my friend. It was getting me to watch it. Um, and for those who don't know what Deadwood is, in short way to put it, uh, it's basically a cowboy show back in the day. Gunslingers, a lot of sex, a lot of alcohol, and a lot of fighting. If you're into that stuff, that's the perfect show for you. But one of the things that I noticed in the show, one of their favorite words they love to say was cocksucker, <laughs> right? And so, but it, it was such a uh, demeaning word towards 
a man, right? You call somebody a cocksucker, you're basically saying that they're homosexual, right? right? I wanted when did the word cocksucker translate to being a pussy? Like where in that time, where in history did that change? Because now you don't hear that word a lot. You don't hear it too often. Is it? Yeah. No, you you don't hear it a lot. You hear you hear if if somebody if if you have a uh, confrontation with another man and it's they just call you a pussy. I think it's just like that, like kind of like misgendering somebody like oh you're a pussy you're a girl you know it doesn't it doesn't necessarily work and then eventually like it either gets watered down or it becomes like like insults like that they either get watered down to where they're like you can say it to your friends and it's fine it's like in in england where you can call your friend a cunt and it's like not a problem at all it's like oh that's almost like a loving thing but if you say that to somebody in america they'd be like what the fuck did you just call me especially a woman you called her her that that's like whoa bro that word is like aggressive i watch so much game of thrones that it's Uh, almost part of my vernacular now because like they say that word so many goddamn times in the Game of Thrones, <laughs> it was definitely one that you heard often, especially from uh, from uh, Tyrion's friend. I can't remember his name right now. Um, oh, Bron, Bron of the Blackwater. I do remember hearing him say that word, but like I didn't know they said it that much in the show. I have to go back and watch the show. It, great show, uh, terrible ending, but uh, yeah, I, I have to go back and and rewatch that show and, and see how many times. They oh, say and that the word. hound. That's also one of the Hound's favorite words. He definitely was one that I remember saying that word a lot. Yeah, I don't know, man. That was just on my mind. I remember watching that show, and that's like every other word was cocksucker. <laughs> and I was like, holy shit. Like, <laughs> this is like their only vocabulary that they knew back in the day. I got something for you. You know the good thing? Go for it. You know, no. So this is a little bit of video game things that I've been paying attention to lately. Um, have you seen all the stuff about the Xbox Series X and the PS5? Have you seen anything about that? So I'll be quite honest with you, man. I haven't really played video games since like me and you, honestly. But I did see the what the new controllers look like for the PS5. Yeah, the dual. Said? That's actually why I was bringing it up. The DualSense Five. Yeah, the, for the PS5. What special? I don't know, and that's kind of why I'm bringing it up because I'm I'm pulling up this controller right now. I'm looking at it on my computer, and it's got the same weird touchpad that nobody used on the PS4. I have I have uh, all the next gen systems that are current right now. Um, it has the same touchpad in the center that nobody used for anything. They have the light bar, which was supposed to do things like if you pull out a torch in a game, it would like it would light up like yellowish light, or if you were low on health, it would light up red. But no developers ever used it. Well, that's back. They got rid of the share button and they put in like a create button, which is basically going to be the same thing. Basically, you press a button and you'll share what you just did to your friends, which I think is a silly feature that nobody used anyway, and that's back. And overall, the controller just kind of looks like a weird like hodgepodge between between the Xbox controller, which is my favorite controller, and the old PlayStation like 2, 3, and 4 controllers. I don't know. There's like nothing special about so, it. So I'm looking at it right now. It doesn't, it doesn't look special. It just looks like a normal controller, what I've seen in the past. I mean, it looks similar to the Xbox one. I, I will say that for sure, but um doesn't look like anything special i mean they're gonna have to start getting creative with these systems now man with the way technology is going and and where we're headed in life uh you know systems and these companies are gonna have to start stepping it up but what what are the top systems it's a nintendo switch for nintendo that's probably i don't want to say it's the most popular but it definitely has like the highest sales right now um and then you have the xbox one and the ps4 the ps4 has always out outsold the xbox one which i find interesting because i've always been an xbox guy um but 
the Xbox One and the PS4, they're all about five or six years old now. We're due for a new console generation um, coming this fall. Um, the Nintendo Switch will probably be another three or four years because Nintendo came in late for their new console. So is the Nintendo is the new, uh, is the Nintendo Switch? Is that like does everybody love that because it's similar to like the Wii? It is. It is similar in the sense that Nintendo is not afraid to innovate, and it's kind of like the Wii was like a weird console because it came out during the Xbox 360 and PS3 days. So these were these were right. complicated times for video games. Like the graphics were getting better, and then Wii puts out a system that one doesn't even do HD. And two has these weird nunchuck controllers where you have a Wii remote that looks like a TV remote attached to this little thing. And it ends up being one of the best selling consoles of all time because they weren't afraid to take risks with it. They were they were able to make family friendly friendly games that were accessible to multiple people. I remember I worked at GameStop and you know, I know you this, but for those listening, I worked at GameStop for about seven years and I actually worked during the Nintendo Wii launch. And we could one, we couldn't keep them in stock. Two, we had people calling us constantly. Do you have Nintendo Wii's? But the interesting thing was, is that I did this one order for a nursing mm. home. The guy calls up from the nursing really? home and says, "I would like forty Nintendo Wii's." And I'm like, "I can only do one per customer." And he's like, "Hey, look, I work at a nursing home. These guys want Wii's. So these are seventy, eighty year old people. <laughs> yeah, wow. seventy, eighty year old people. And you know what they wanted it for? One game, Wii Sports." Bowling, bowling exactly they want it to fucking yo bowl. the bowling game was the was the kill it was either bowling or yeah, tennis. bowling tennis and that came for free it was free 99 it was free on free. the nintendo wii you just got Bro. it for getting the system and that's what they wanted it for they bought these 250 dollars systems that was the launch price that was another reason they did well is because it was cheap but like 250 dollars launch system for one game never bought any other games i really think let me say this I don't know really any like tennis stars like that other than Serena hmm. Williams, but I can tell you this: when I played that Nintendo Wii tennis, I really did think it was her. <laughs> I thought I was on that court. I thought I was—I don't even know what they call like match or whatever or set uh, birdies. That's <laughs> golf. Um, love, love, <laughs> love is part of tennis. I have no idea. <laughs> what, what, whatever. I thought I was her. I thought I was getting it. Why is the Xbox One losing all the time? And that's the interesting thing. I don't know. Because like the processing power of the Xbox One X, which is the, the current best version of the system where they have updated graphics, a, fa a faster uh, processor so that you can load games faster. It's definitely the most powerful system on in the market right now. Uh, the PS4 was better, more powerful, but it was only by like a small margin. Like one of those things that if you didn't have them side by side, you wouldn't be able to tell which one was more popular or more uh, powerful anyway. But, I mean, it might be console exclusives. I mean, Xbox has Halo, which is one of my favorite game franchises of all time. I think you and I lost uh, 12 hours of our life when we were, like, 16 playing that game. Damn sure, um, dude. The, 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 the PlayStation has God of War. It has um, The Last of Us. Um, yeah, GTA. GTA. But GTA is on um, Xbox as well. But as far as like first party mm. exclusives, like they have a Spider-Man game that is super popular. It's probably just they have better first party games that people are willing to play with. That's probably oh, okay. why that it is. Sense. And then Nintendo, like their their system is all first party games. Like they have 
they have third party games too, but their first party games are really the selling point because anybody can go up and play some Mario Kart. Anybody can play some Super Smash Brothers. You can just pop in your system and play some Mario games, some Yoshi games, some Luigi games, whatever you want to do, and you'll be able to find something on the Switch that'll appeal to you. Is the gaming world still like a big thing like that? I haven't been in it for some years. Is it still like a thing where people, you know, wait outside? of a store like GameStop. Well, they do still do midnight openings. Actually, one of my, and this has been, what, almost 10 years since I've worked at GameStop, but actually one of my old part-time people is a store manager of my old store now. And she was telling me that before the, 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 the coronavirus uh, shit and all the closings, they were still doing midnight openings for certain games, but it wasn't like back in the day where you'd have like two, 300 people outside waiting for the Halo 2 game to come out. Like they wouldn't, they wouldn't do that anymore because so many people just buy their games digitally. You just turn on your console, buy the game, and that's it. You just download it to your console. You don't even have to leave your house. Man, everything is so convenient yeah. nowadays. You don't have to leave your house for anything. No, nope, you're just like <laughs> you log on to Amazon. Like, all right, I want a, I want a frying pan. I want a knife, and I just press a button, and Amazon's like, all right, it'll be there tomorrow. Pretty much, man. Uber eats. Uber, if you don't want to drive no more. Uber, just drive you wherever you want to go. So uh, we live in definitely a time of convenience. So I don't know if that's a good or bad thing, but... I think being uh, able to press a, bu- press a button on G- your phone and order McDonald's at 2 a.m. and not have to leave your house is a bad thing. <laughs> that's how you end up being 800 pounds. <laughs> You're right. It, you'll end up on the show as well. I, I mentioned GTA, and I was thinking that that, that was uh, created by yeah, Rockstar, Rockstar right? What if Rockstar did a GTA version of the Tiger? Oh, Jesus Christ. You know how many you know how many copies that would sell? I think that'd be a hit. Rockstar, if you guys are listening, anybody that works at Rockstar, if you guys hear this idea and you make this this game, um, I expect my cut at least like three percent. And even one percent, you'd probably make out for the rest of your life, considering how well those games. Pretty sell. much, but that's cool, man. I haven't like like I said, I haven't really um been in the gaming world like that for yeah, a long see, time. See, I'm still but, a giant child, hey. so I have no children or major responsibilities. So yeah, I still play uh. <laughs> way too many video games for 34 year old men hey it's okay man there's a lot of people out there that still do it you know who, you know who's uh relaxing and not even worried through this mm. whole coronavirus your pets yeah they don't give a shit my cat's actually staring at me right now from my own bed yeah that would be crazy though if animals could get it right i think we'd be really you know they can so a tiger just tested positive this was about two or three days ago i saw this on the news a tiger this is just not not at Tiger King, but uh, the tiger, a tiger at the Bronx Zoo tested positive for COVID-19. So wow. I don't know what that means. So this whole time. I don't know if it's just like, oh, this is just a rare case that it made a jump from humans to a fucking Bengal tiger. But I don't know what that means, but it's possible that these animals could get it. Maybe that means that the, the virus can evolve, right? If it, if it was only able to, you know, be contracted by humans... You know, maybe that just means it can evolve and now it can be contracted by yeah. your pet. And that's, I mean, that's a scary thing. And that's the weird thing about people, though. Like, for a bunch of, like, big talking monkeys, we are surprisingly easy to kill. Like, the tiger, they said, is going to be fine. They said the tiger's immune system is going to kick that coronavirus's ass. But I wonder if that would still apply to your house cat or, you know, your your dog. Well, well, think about it. The tiger's immune system is crazy strong because it's out here eating live animals anyway, right? Right. That are probably, that may be like disease infested, you know, but your house cat or your dog, I mean, it's a house cat. Yeah, it's eating Alpo and it's, uh, you know? it's so all, it, all of the things that it's doing are basically just walking around the house and finding new places to sleep. 
it's not exactly like an animal, like a crazy active animal. Yeah. So get this straight, people. Uh, the tigers will survive, but your yeah. privileged animal will not. Privileged animal. So, <laughs> yeah. So don't uh, think that they are not able to contract this virus, um, according to the Bronx Zoo. So anyways. All right, man. Let's um, let's go ahead and let's jump into these upcoming movies, uh, these new movies that get ready to come out. I want to hear your thoughts about them and get your takes on everything. So yeah, man, sounds good. Let's jump into it. So a couple of the movies that I wanted to talk about. Speaking of, two of them, I think you'll like, and then the last one, I think you'll absolutely fucking hate. Uh, <laughs> the first movie I want to talk about because it, it the date got pushed back. I forget the date right now, but uh, Black Widow. Have you seen the trailer? What do you think about it? Um, do you know the history of Black Widow? Um, I do know the history of Black Widow. I'm I'm excited about it in a way. So here I have I have mixed feelings about it. So major spoiler alert for Avengers Infinity War and Endgame here. Um she's dead. Uh she's she's <laughs> she's very dead. So when Solo a Star Wars story came out, I'm a huge Star Wars fan. Um it, when Solo a Star Wars story came out, I was really excited. I was like, "Oh man, a young Han Solo, how cool is that?" And then I went, oh, shit, didn't we just, like, part with Han Solo for the last time? Because Han Solo just died, major spoiler alert, in Force Awakens. And it was kind of like this whole, like, oh, like, oh, now you get to go see how he died to this ignoble end by his son. Like, oh, we get to we get to experience the young Han Solo. This is cool. And I'm kind of feeling the same way about Black Widow right now, because, like, we just lost her in Avengers Endgame after a storyline that for all of the awesome things that the Marvel movies did, I think her storyline was the one that didn't pay off. I think this movie is just a few years too late. If this movie would have come out just before Endgame, it would have a different resonance with people. Hmm. That's interesting. I'm trying to be excited about it. I'm, I really am. And it's got David Harbour in it, who's fucking amazing. He was in uh, Stranger Things as uh, Stranger you know, Things as Hopper. Yeah, Hopper. he was, he was fantastic. Yeah, and now I, he's going to play like a Russian superhero. I'm into it. <laughs> Yeah, he's like the opposite version of Captain America. I think that's what they were going for. Uh, the Soviets were during that time period when the whole Captain America, you know, super serum shit was coming alive. So they have a lot of good, um, what it seems like, characters that are going to be based in this movie. Uh, I am looking forward, actually, to Taskmaster. I think Taskmaster is a great villain. I kind of agree with you that maybe they should have presented this story a little bit before uh, Avengers Infinity Wars, but I, I think it is, in my opinion, I think it's fitting that they go back and they kind of touch on where she was at after that whole, I think, what, Civil War when they, you know, Cap and Iron Man were fighting and they kind of all separated, because I think that's what happened. She went back to go take care of something um, home, which is, I guess, here in Russia. Right. And they alluded to that, though, I believe, in Civil War. Because I think if you go back and you watch the movies, she mentioned something like she has to go home and take care of something. So Yeah, and even in the first while. Avengers movie, um, the first time we see her like really geared up as Black Widow, because we saw her in Iron Man 2 as Black Widow, but you know, the first time you really see her geared up as Black Widow, she she makes that comment about having read in her ledger that she needs to she needs to clean. You know, like she's she's trying to like, you know, some kind of redemption arc that never really paid off. So that is a good thing that we are finally getting that payoff. Yeah, I think so, too. I think, uh, like I said, I'm looking forward to seeing it. I think it's still going to be a great movie. I think Marvel really has like mastered how to do these style of movies, these characters. 
so regardless of you know when it should have came out or you know whether before or after i think uh black widow is going to be great um I, I do enjoy scarlett johansson as black widow uh, looking forward to David Harbour as uh, I forget what the hell his name is, but he looks like a I'm crazy pretty sure he's there. the Red Guardian. That's yeah, a, that the Red right. Guardian was the Russian uh, Captain America. Yeah, and they actually in the comics they were married for a little while, so I wonder if they'll actually do that. I wonder if they'll actually do that. I don't know if they will. Well, I don't know if they're going to show that they're married, but I think if you watch the trailer, they kind of allude to the fact that they had some type of thing. Yeah, like a history. Yeah. Yeah, like a history together. So I think they alluded. I don't think they want to get into the whole like Mary part, but or maybe they will touch on that. But uh, they definitely allude to that they were a thing at one point in time. All right, so that's that's Black Widow. Uh, the next that is up to come out, which looks very fucking cool. Uh, I'm excited about it, but I hope that they can translate this character to those who don't understand who this character is or who have never seen this character. But Morbius. I think the trailer looks very dope. I think Jared Leto finally got it right because he definitely didn't get it right with the Joker. And I think he's just trying to hold on and not trying to be like Ben Affleck uh, when it comes to fucking up characters. Yeah, man. What, what do you think about Morbius? Have you seen the trailer? I have. I have seen the trailer. I'm very excited for it. Um, Morbius was one of my like childhood fan favorites. So a live action uh, Morbius the Living Vampire is absolutely fantastic. Um Jared Leto, I actually have this weird soft spot in my heart for Jared Leto because even though he is a little bit crazy and apparently came out of this coronavirus thing just a few weeks ago, I don't know if you saw this on the news, but he like came out of this retreat that was basically like a cult following. And he was like, yeah, I didn't even know what was going on because I was completely isolated from the public, which is a very Jared Leto thing to do. Um, I think he's actually a really fantastic actor. Yeah, he's he's a bit he's a bit nuts. Like during Suicide Squad, when he was filming that, he was like sending like rats and like used condoms to people as gifts. <laughs> so yeah, like weird. getting in like method acting, <laughs> like getting too in the character, and I was like, dude, what the fuck is wrong with you? <laughs> yeah, but yeah, I, he's I, he's really good. He's a really good actor, and he's like he's he's got that band, the Thirty Seconds to Mars, which the music isn't my thing, but there's no doubt that he's talented. Oh shit! I didn't even know you had a band. How long? Is yeah, thirty been? seconds to Mars. He did the. Here, I can badly sing it. We are the kings and queens of a promise. They played on ninety eight rock like every hour. So yeah, you definitely badly sing that one. Yes, I do. Yes, I do. Yeah, I didn't know that. I didn't know Morbius was one of your favorite characters as a kid, though. Oh, dude, definitely. I had this toy. Uh, when I was a kid, it was from the Spider-Man animated series, um, which was really, honestly, my first introduction to Spider-Man. X-Men I got into from the comics, but Spider-Man I got into from the animated series first. And of course, I loved all the animated series, but Spider-Man, that was, that was, that was my jam. Same. But I had two toys for Morbius. Um, I had one of them that he was like, he was the, the, in Dr. Human mode and you could squeeze his legs and his face would turn around and be a vampire. That toy sucked. But there was a really cool one where he was like an uber bad. I can't remember how the storyline happened, but he gets more enhanced and he turns into this like bat thing where like he would like press a button and like blood would circulate through his system. And I just, I, as a vampire fan, I was a huge vampire fan. I'm sure you, you know that, um, you know, I was a huge vampire fan. So anything vampiric in like Spider-Man or X-Men, like blade, like I was always very into and I was actually kind of always rooting for Morbius to be a character in one of the Blade movies before they turned to utter dog shit in the third one. But you know, I wouldn't be surprised. You just mentioned Blade. I wouldn't be surprised if like they try to 
infused blade somewhere into this movie, which I think would be very cool because that was set up for the new blade movie that's getting ready to come out. Actually, although I think that Morbius is not being done by Marvel Studios, is it? No, it's being done by Sony. Oh, fuck. Yeah, but um, Venom. Did you like Venom, by the way? I haven't talked to you about Venom. Honestly, man, I'm not going to lie to you. I, I haven't even watched that shit. Like, oh, definitely I mean, give it a, a that's big, a, that's a good sit down and watch it i i really enjoyed it shit. I'm, a, I'm a big tom hardy fan but i didn't know if i liked where they were going with it but um now since you said it i might have to go check it out oh dude dude definitely and especially it's a great quarantine movie because it's like it's fun it's actually kind of it's heavy because it's venom but it's also kind of light and humorous so it's a good like sitting around like doing nothing kind of movie emily really liked it i was really surprised uh she i was like i drug her to the movie theater to see it she did not want to go and I was like, but Tom Hardy's in it, and he's incredibly handsome. And she was like, yeah, you're right, so I'll go see it. So we end up going to see it together, and she laughed so hard during that movie. That's love, man, when you can when you can drag your wife to something that she, you know she definitely doesn't want to go see. Yeah, every Marvel movie that's come out since Phase 1. <laughs> I feel you. Yeah, man, so uh, excited about Morbius. Uh, hopefully it turns out to be everything that we want it to be, so uh, looking forward to that. All right, last movie, I, I and I... I saved this one on purpose. Fast and Furious 9, man. This is, <laughs> this, uh, this is second to the last one. For sure, this is the second to the last one, according to The Rock. Oh, uh, are they actually ending it? Yeah, there's going to be 10. There's going to be 10, um, from my understanding. So, The Rock, you know, because The Rock owns the rights to uh, Fast and Furious. The Rock so, does? Yeah, he does. He owns it. Wow. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, that's why he's able to do so many things. Like he was able to do the spinoff with Hobbs and Shaw, and that's why he's been able to continue. Because I don't, Ben Diesel, I don't think has any part in that, or neither does anybody else. So that's why he's able to do the things that he's able to do. Um, huh. I did not yeah. know that. So yeah, why are you excited for fan, uh, Fast and the Furious Nine? Uh, you know, I'm um, I, I'm a bit of a fan. I'm not gonna lie, I'm a bit of a fan. I, I think. I, I've accepted the fact that it has, you know, some, some cheesy special effects here and there, and it just makes everybody seem overly strong or overly athletic and agile, just as I'm watching the trailer right now for it. And obviously it's just over the top, but I mean, it's entertaining. I think what the rock is overall trying to do or what he's been trying to do possibly his whole career. And I mean, he can correct me on that. You know, I think he has been trying to bring back that whole, uh Arnold Schwarzenegger, Sylvester Stallone, action movie type movie. He's, that's what he wants to do. That's what he's been trying to do. I think for years, I, I don't know if movie fans were getting what they wanted as far as action. Um, it was more so a lot of storyline, a little bit of action, more storyline, more drama. Fast and Furious touches on that for a lot of people who just you know want to go to the movies and see a whole bunch of shit blow up. And uh, people get smacked in the face with crowbars. Yeah, it does have that kind of feel to it. That 80s and 90s, just nonstop action, things blowing up. And, you know, the the first Fast and the Furious movie, which is the only one that I've actually sat and watched all the way through. I might have watched the the Ludacris one. I, I can't remember. The first one with Ludacris. But the the first one was not like that. Like, the first one was, like, crazy cars, like, fancy cars, like, people driving fast, and, and there was, like, a, a cop drama going on with it, and uh, the guy who, who passed away, Paul Walker, was it? Yeah, yeah, Paul Walker. Yeah, he was, like, he was, like, an undercover cop, and, like, that, like, that was, like, a, like, a, a ground in reality story, and then I saw a trailer for one of the Fast and the Furious movies came out, and it had Idris Elba in it, who was fantastic, by the way, I'd watch him in anything, and I almost watched that movie because he was in it, but apparently he was a superhero and I don't know what that was about, 
but he had like mechanical shit on his chest and he could pick up cars or something. Like he looked like the hero from Crackdown, the video game. <laughs> oh shit. Uh that was um that was the spin-off Hobbs and Shaw. Oh, okay. That right. wasn't a Fast and the Furious. Okay. It, it's a part of the franchise, but that's a spin-off. And uh so Hobbs is a character that the Rock plays in a few of the Fast and Furious movies. He plays like a um DSS agent, which is a diplomatic security something service agent or whatever. He was hired to track down uh Dominic Toretto and the rest of the crew because of who Dominic Toretto is. And so and then Shaw is was a villain in I think number seven, which is um what's my man's name? Uh Jason Statham. Oh, handsome Rob so, from Italian Job. Yo, I love I love the Italian job. Handsome Rob is the shit. <laughs> he is, man. Yeah, so Jason Statham got into that. And then he was, like I said, he was the villain number seven, I think. And then from there, I guess because of their chemistry in that movie, those two characters, they decided to kind of like, in a way, team up. And so they did that spinoff, Hobbs and Shaw. They brought Idris Alba, Idris Alba in it. He is like a superhero inside it. He mentions it. He's like a black Superman, which I, I, I really find that fucking line very corny, but I, I get it. He has like, how can I put it? He's, like, he's basically like a, a walking computer on steroids that has been brought back to life and then some secret hidden organization found him reanimated him and he has all these different abilities now with these things i can't even talk shit about that too because like that's like the that's like a classic marvel comic storyline right there like i if i made fun of that for any reason i would be a hypocrite because that's exactly what i would expect out of a uh like a marvel movie it's like oh a a secret government organization hooked this guy up to a machine that reanimates him but also makes him stronger yeah yeah and and that's what it was i think overall that movie was uh it was pretty good I, i would say you should check it out but once again uh if, if nobody has seen it, watch the F9 trailer, Fast and Furious 9. It it also has John Cena in it, who's making, I guess, I want to say his big screen debut, but this is probably the, I want to say the biggest movie he's been in to date. Yeah. It's the biggest movie. By the way, too, Frank, if you haven't had the chance, bro, you need to watch The Dark Side of the Ring. The Dark Side of the Ring. Is that a documentary? The, it's it's a documented series. Once you watch The Dark Side of the Ring, if you're not a wrestling fan, you might have a little bit more respect for these uh, men and women who get in and out of that ring. I've always been a huge wrestling fan, so uh, I, I respect the craft. But when you see what these people go through on a day-to-day basis and or just throughout their years of being a wrestler or whatever, uh, it's pretty intense. Uh, actually, one of the series that you – one of the episodes that you want to watch uh, on there, Frank, is The Benoit. Oh, I heard about this. Vice did that, right? Vice TV? Yeah, it's on Vice TV. That series is on Vice TV. So you can you can just look it up online or whatever. Just type in, you know, Dark Side of the Ring and then you can watch it. But everything from Benoit to this guy named New Jack and ECW to the Von Erics. Oh, uh, man, I remember them too. Family. Yeah, man, check it out. It's, it's honestly pretty surreal. And the things that they go through and, and just all the dark shit that you – have never heard about in wrestling. Yeah, they they capitalize on that one. So uh, definitely check it out. Wow. Yeah, so I think I actually will. Yeah, check it out, man. I think it's pretty dope. That's it for upcoming movies, man. That's Those are the ones that I really wanted to touch on and, and see what you thought about uh, those movies. I know you didn't have uh, much to say about F9 because you fucking hate those things. <laughs> so I'm going to bring it up anyway because it put a smile on my face. <laughs> the main topic, man, I, I feel like in a ways we're kind of living in a movie right now with all this coronavirus shit going on. I've always said that, you know, ever since 
President Trump was elected, he's Thanos. Um, I feel like we are living in, in the Affinity Wars right now. They, and those who have never seen uh, Avengers Affinity Wars or, or the Endgame, you should definitely go check it out. And, and, and by the way, if you haven't seen that shit by now, you're living underneath a fucking rock. Yeah, it takes talent <laughs> to avoid it. <laughs> that's too big of a movie to avoid. So um, anyways, go check it out. See what it's about. Um, but uh, yeah, man, I feel that way. I feel like, you know, um, this is the... This is the democratic end game. I, I feel like for the last leading into four years, you know, either you either you are a President Trump fan or you're not a President Trump fan. Um, I think he's one of the greatest comedians to been around for the last four years because he definitely don't give a fuck. Oh, say what you about, will about the man. He is funny though. He's very funny and he's he's very bold. It's terrifying for sure, but he's he's uh, funny. Uh, but yeah, man, I I just feel that way. I I feel like. And this could go either way, right? I, I feel like the Democrats were so sick of Trump, so sick of President Trump, that they had to figure out a way to get rid of him and uh, at least not get him elected, obviously, for the next upcoming four years. Somebody figured out, whether it be, uh, you know, Bernie, Biden, Warren, whoever, if we can make that time machine happen real quick, let's make it happen. And we need to go back in time. And obviously we can't blame America, but we're going to go back in time and probably plant this coronavirus where we need to plant it at. So it fucks up this economy because that's all President Trump, you know, talks about a, a lot is uh, is the economy, how, how good the economy is doing. And now since the economy is fucked up, it's kind of making him look bad. It really is. It really is. He, he spent a lot of time denying it, too, denying that it was even a problem. Yeah, I think uh, the other day on TV or somebody was telling me he he was saying that you should wear the uh, you should wear the mask. But I think I believe somebody asked him, is he going to wear the mask? He basically said, no, no, I'm not. <laughs> Yo, you need to do what I say, but I ain't going to do what I say. So I just thought it was funny. I just like I see different things. And, and so for me, um, this time period kind of just reminds me of, of the Infinity Wars because it really is a battle for. I guess if you want to say the fate of the people, so and 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 and, and everything that's that's going on right now. So and also too, I was just watching the Infinity War the other day. Uh, outstanding movie. Doesn't matter how many times I watch it, uh, it's still a great movie. Oh yeah, definitely. And you know the so the the Thanos thing. So when you brought up to me the you know a couple of weeks ago the the topic of the episode, I was like, all right, I don't know if I completely agree with the sentiment, but I think that there are a lot of comparisons that can be drawn. So I was thinking about it and like, so you take like Thanos, for example, there's a lot of comparisons you could draw to, to the president of the United States right now. Uh, it's very self-involved. Um, he believes in his cause. And I think at the end of Endgame, which is a, a very telling moment, like in Infinity War, he seems like a, almost like a reluctant anti-hero. So in the Infinity War, he's like, I have to do this. I have to do this. And it actually kind of mirrors what like President Trump's campaign, like I don't need to be president to be rich. I don't need to be president to be famous. I have to do this for the people. Right. That was like one of his, uh, one of his selling points was like, I don't have to be this guy, but I can fix this problem because I'm the only guy who can, I have to be the one to do this. So, but then you go into the end game and you see Thanos before he's even like launched his crusade he's like he hasn't even found a single infinity stone at this point because they go back in time and you know it's all this time walkiness so you see him beforehand and he's much more arrogant he's a lot less compassionate i don't know if compassion is the right word but he's he's a lot less caring about the lives that he's taking and 
he's very, very arrogant. He keeps saying, I am inevitable. It's actually my favorite line from the movie is when he says, I am inevitable. Because like he's realizing that like he can he can always like just get there. He's always going to find a way to to win, which is again a very Donald Trump thing. Like I am I, I am inevitable actually would be a great Donald Trump tweet, and he would uh he wouldn't have to do it over multiple tweets over 140 characters. But <laughs> but uh, God. no, I was I, I think you're absolutely right, man. I think uh, that's that's a great comparison. Um, that's why I've always said he's 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 Thanos, man. Like he. He came through, he won, he snapped his fingers, he made some people disappear. Uh, he, he beat his impeachment. Like, there's nothing that you can do to touch this man. Uh, it, it's it's always been inevitable, I believe, ever since he got into the race to, to get in the office. So, um, seeing that coming. But go go ahead, finish what you were about to say. Yeah, no, I just, uh, I just, I think that there, like I said, there are comparisons uh, that can be drawn. And honestly, the, the arrogance is probably the biggest thing. And also the, I'm, I'm doing this for you when really you're not, you're doing it for your own glory. Thanos, like, yeah, at the end of, end, at the end of Infinity War, he did exactly what he was going to say. He said he was going to go to a place all by himself and watch the sunrise on a grateful universe, I think was the, was the terms that he used. But right. Right. The, I think there's a, there's a lot to dissect there. Cause like you could look at that just from that, from that, from that, from that line, you can just say, okay, cool. He watched, he went and watched the sunrise on a grateful universe, but no one's grateful. No one gives a shit. You hope people are grateful. And that's the other thing is about Donald Trump is he, he constantly wants approval. He wants someone to tell him you're doing right. Like when, when Thanos was talking to Gamora before he inevitably killed her, um, he was, he was yeah. looking for her approval. He wanted her he didn't give a shit about Nebula. Nebula was just like the redhead stepchild that just just crawled in just, for some reason got to stay in in the Thanos no. club. <laughs> no offense to any redheads out there that's listening right now. Okay, I got a little bit of red hair somewhere in my beard, I think. <laughs> but but yeah, the the he he wanted someone to just be like, yes, you are doing the right thing, and not a crony. He didn't want a crony to do it. He didn't want the Maw, the the crazy wizard guy. Um, who looked like Squidward, according to Tony Stark, which is a funny line. But the like, he he didn't want it from a crony. He wanted it from somebody who actually gave a shit about him, or that he gave a shit about. He didn't give a shit about the mall. The mall died, and he was like, "Oh, this day exacts a heavy toll," and that was it. But when Gamora died, it actually broke him, and he really desperately wanted her approval. And that's the thing is, I think Donald Trump, uh, in a lot of ways, just constantly is seeking approval. He wants someone to just go, "Yeah, you're right." That's why he's calling the Fox and Friends constantly. Because for some reason they just like, yeah, you're right, absolutely, whatever you want, Mr. President. <laughs> yeah, I think you're absolutely right, man. That's that's a great comparison. I, I wonder. So if Thanos had a one in Endgame, what do you think would have happened? Same thing, same outcome. Probably. I don't know because uh, at the by the time he when he gets the he realizes that if he kills half the universe, there is a good chance that somebody can come back and take it back from him. He he basically says, "I'm going to take you all out." Like I'm going to end life, and that was a that was a weird character turn, mm. and actually one that I think about a lot because I'm like, really, he it took him, it didn't take him very long to switch from, I'm going to kill half the life in the universe so that life in the universe can continue. It seems like he wanted to kill all sentient life and just let it restart at that point, and that was mm. that was interesting because it was it was like really we really jumped to that that quickly, but that's that's again a kind of a what makes his character so interesting is that throughout the entire infinity war movie you're like all right he's doing this because he wants life because the resources are finite everything is finite and if 
populations continue to expand, which is an interesting real world comparison as we see overpopulation start to be an issue here in the United States and all over the globe. Um, right. It's a big issue in China. Oh God, yeah. Already, so many so. people in there crowded into such a small area. I mean, China's huge. Don't get me wrong, but they're somewhere to the yeah. tune of a billion people to our 400 million. So it's, it's a, it's a huge thing. That's like 2.2 people for every people here in the United States. You think about an inner, like in an, in like a city sprawl, like rural, rural areas. Yeah, you can drive for hours and not see anybody. But like in a city like Baltimore or, you know, any major city in the United States, it's like it's constantly packed. Just imagine another two or so people like right next to you at the same time would be just nuts. But uh, yeah, that would be crazy. I, I couldn't imagine. Uh, I couldn't imagine America being like that, honestly. I mean, I know we're pretty packed in, in a lot of cities, but uh, to us. For us to get the way that China is, I don't know. That would be a very interesting, a very interesting, just to say the least, honestly. But, yeah, I mean, they've gone um, so far as, I mean, yeah. you know, like they, they have like birth limits. Like you can only have so many children and that creates its whole set of problems because you're, I mean, it's a communist country versus a democratic country. So it is very different, but like just the right to be able to have children being stripped away from you. I don't know about you, but I, I don't think we've talked about this in some time, but I don't. I've I've decided that I don't want children, not because I not because I'm mm. desperately trying to control overpopulation. It's it's actually completely selfish. I just want to be able to do cool shit for the rest of my life and not have to have kids involved. But <laughs> yeah, yeah, that, that's pretty fucking. Yeah, selfish. you know, like <laughs> it's a completely selfish reason. I just want to do cool shit. But in the end, but in what what would help from me having kids? But there are plenty of people. Like it's not like oh, I'm gonna like produce a child and that's going to be an important part of the workforce. No, other people are gonna have kids. They're gonna have lots of them. It's fine. We're not going to run out of people. If we were in an Adam and Eve scenario where like, oh, it's only two people left to live or two people left alive. Got to make some kids. You know what? I'd be in there making some kids. However, I'm not in that scenario. But no, I feel you. Do you want kids? I, you. I do, man. I do want kids. Uh, eventually. I, I ain't rushing anything. Um, it, it's going to happen when it happens. Uh, I know some people were like, it's going to happen when it happens. Yeah, it's going to happen when it happens, like when the time is when the time is right. And I know a bunch of people say there's there's never a right time for kids. No, you can get it as close. Yeah, as I, I agree. Right? I agree. You so, want to be financially stable. You don't want to have any kind of like instabilities when you're welcoming a child. I mean, some people don't have that option. Like I know like my parents didn't have that option. I don't know about your parents, the circumstances uh, with you. But like I, I know that my parents weren't ready without a doubt. Nah, man. My Nah, my parents were just yeah. That's it. They had they had my brother and my sister. Uh, by the way, we have me and my me and my sister have the the same mother, different dad, and then me and my brother have the same dad, different mother. So yeah, they were just. <laughs> but uh, either way, yeah, I, I know some people do want kids, and you know um, that that may play a role somewhere in the near future as far as like you know overpopulation. But um, hopefully, we never get to that point. Question: Do you think that President Trump will yes. win again? Undoubtedly. Yeah. Undoubtedly. I think so too. I don't look. I think Sanders had a chance um, to get the young vote um, because I think if he would have, I think if Bernie Sanders would have made it through the Democratic primary, which I know the primary is not over, but for Bernie Sanders, it pretty much is over at this point. Unfortunately, I I don't actually agree with a lot of the things Bernie Sanders has to say, but I believe that he is real. And that's, that's a, that's an important thing for me. Like, I, I think I can read him. I, I don't know. I, I might just be a dummy. I might, he might've just been like sending me for a loop 
and you know just taking me on a tour and lying his lying his ass off to me. However, I think that he believes what he says, and I think that's an important quality in a leader. But I think if he would have made it through the Democratic primaries, he would have actually been able to get the young vote. People actually would have showed up to vote against Trump, not necessarily to vote for Biden, but to vote against Trump. But I don't think Joe Biden, who is currently on there, who I have serious concerns for his mental fac- faculties, considering he's you know stuttering over his words and uh, forgetting things, and he's almost 80. Bro, he yeah. can't. His memory is definitely <sighs> I think it's I think it's pretty much done in his campaign or his camp. They definitely it looks like early stage dementia. And my my grandfather, uh, my mom's mom um, went through that. And when when he started to go, it started to look like he just started doing things that were a little out of character. Like, remember when uh, Joe Biden was doing that thing with his like he was doing like a campaign rally and like his wife, like stuck her finger out towards him and he nibbled on it. It was like, that was a weird thing to do, Joe Biden. Why are you so weird? But (laughs) but like, yeah. Yeah, like rubbing on, right? Rubbing on, uh, yeah, just like odd out of character things, like not having a good sense of your audience and who you're around and what you should and should not be doing. But then as you start to see it, like start to progress where he's forgetting things, he has like cue cards out for not things that are not difficult to talk about. Like, not like these are like huge policy issues. I should have some notes in front of me because that's too much for any one human being to remember. But like, just like normal interviews, he's got cue cards out. He's constantly looking down, looking at them. It doesn't look good. It looks like early stage dementia. Yeah. And I'm not a doctor, obviously, but it looks like early stage dementia. That's pretty good, though. That's a pretty good evaluation of him. I would say that you're pretty close to being yeah. <laughs> So if the Democrats are the Avengers, who's Biden? Uh, the one that you don't see because he's off screen asleep. <laughs> I don't even know. I said Bernie's rocket, yo. I don't only say rocket because. <laughs> well, he there, speaks but, his mind. Um, he speaks his mind too. He did. That's what, that's another reason why I call him Rocket because he damn sure speaks his mind. He don't give a shit. And he <laughs> and he says the same. He's like typical old school guy who he's gonna get his point across by just yelling. Yeah. Super <laughs> loud. And, and he's gonna make sure that you hear him. But uh, I, I respect. I love. I love me a good Bernie Sanders rant, just like red in the face, just like going off, just chastising the shit out of everybody. That sounds like a kind of rocket raccoon thing to do. No, yeah, for sure, <laughs> for sure. That was it. Um, I just wanted to touch on uh, Infinity Wars and Endgame a little bit, and see how we can like draw comparisons um, and and go from there. Overall, it, like I said before, if you haven't watched Infinity Wars or the end game, you've been under a rock for the last couple of years. So uh, please go check that out. And if you guys enjoyed this uh, podcast or this show, please let us know. You can DM me at uh, Wardell, W-A-R-D-E-L-L-1. Frank, did you want to put yours out? Oh, it's really hard. And no, no, absolutely. Um, uh, Mine is, uh, I'm on Instagram at friend of NAR, friend spelled like the word friend, O-F, and then G. As in girl, N-A-R. That is it, Frank. Man, um, I thoroughly enjoyed this conversation with you. Look forward to doing more. I think we I think we did it. This is the very first episode of uh, Quiet on the Set. So, yeah, man. Yeah, absolutely, man. This is, a, this is a blast, really. Thank you for inviting me to do this. And, you know, hopefully if people decide to listen to this, you guys enjoyed it, too. Uh, spo- uh, just a disclaimer, I'm a dummy and I talk shit constantly. So if I say anything that's wrong or weird or you just uh, don't don't try not to hold it against me. <laughs> Yes, uh, yes, that's a very good disclaimer. None of us are political professionals or even professional movie critics. We're just two guys talking shit. That's it. All right.
Um, but until then, everybody take it easy. Hey, Frank, you too, man. Easy, take man. care.